Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. How amazing was that? Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Bonnie, for service leading this morning. And all our amazing kids, we are very blessed in our church. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> a big happy Mother's Day to all of our mums, both here, uh, those who aren't here this morning, who are online, also spiritual mums, also we remember the mums who might not be with us anymore, we remember your, your memories today, and uh, yeah, to this morning we just want to take some moments just to, just to honour the mums. Without mums... You wouldn't be here. We honour the dads because without dads, mums wouldn't be mums. So is Mother's Day really Dad's Day? Hmm. I don't know. All right. All right. My wife is an incredible mum. She is celebrating Mother's Day today. We got her up early and gave her some presents. And uh, she's not here. She just walked out with my son, but she is an amazing mum and I honour her as well this morning. I would, would, I would, she is the best mum in my opinion I've ever, ever seen, but I'm very biased. So thank you, Charlie, for being a great mum. Sound good? Who's ready to, uh, to hear from the Holy Spirit this morning? Okay. This morning, I'm just going to just pray for us. Father, we thank you for your presence we thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing. And most of all, we thank you for your love. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your love would just fill this place. That the sense of your unconditional, unfailing love would just fill the hearts of every person, both here, those listening online, those in our city, Lord, even those who aren't even, Lord, remotely here. I pray spiritually, Lord, that you would just impact their hearts, that across our city right now, people would encounter a supernatural love. Lord, we thank you that your love is not um, bound by walls, <laughs> but through prayer and through your Holy Spirit that you can touch hearts right now. And so, Father, we pray for that as in this month we celebrate salvation. Lord, I pray for a, a surge in salvations. Lord, may we not be a country club church. Let this church be a church who are zealous for you, who are zealous for your kingdom, and who are zealous to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, if you know me, you know that we're not a country club church. We love our church family, but I pray that we'll lay a hold of the revelation that the kingdom of God is a banquet. It's a banquet with spare seats. And until the church of Jesus Christ understands that church is not about being comfortable, but about being light, about being vessels, about being healers, then we will never transform a city or a nation. We must understand that Christ has set us free so that we may set other people free. 
He who the Son sets free is free indeed, amen. And my dream, my heart, my all is that we would be Christians who would have the courage to rise up and shine the light that God's placed in our hearts. That we would be people who know how to speak to those who don't know Christ and be normal. Not be weirdos. That we would be people who know how to ask somebody how their family is and let them know that we are safe places if they are going through struggles. That we would be Christians who don't Bible bash people but instead speak love and truth according to Scripture, knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts sin. My heart and my, 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 my energy, my all right now, is that we would be a kind church, a loving church, a church that would bring our neighbours and our friends and our our colleagues who don't know Christ into a place where we know how to build great friendships, build great relationships. That is good. You heard me touch on this last week, church. But until we as a church take personal responsibility for personal discipleship, we will never impact a city. We can, we can do church for 20 years. We can have great moments in church, great memories, great... I love watching my son there, watching the kids up here doing their poem, and he's wanted to get up already, and, and I love that. It's beautiful. It's part of our church family expression. We need to make sure that our city knows that that's for them as well. Why? Because I believe the heart of the Father is that we become great at inviting people to be part of the banquet. (laughs) That we compel people to taste and see that God is good. I just, I'm really um, convicted in my heart that we would be a people who understand what kindness is. This isn't my sermon, by the way. But that's okay. You know, Charlie and I got back from a couple of weeks' holiday. And we hadn't seen church people for ages, two weeks. And the first church people we saw were so rude to me and Charlie. One asked Charlie if she was pregnant. And Charlotte says, what are you talking about? The other made a comment about my fitness. Hey, I know I can lose some kilos. And the weird thing was, I don't want to sound like a victim because I don't really care. The weird thing was, though, is that in the midst of these conversations were all these unchurched people who were so kind, who were so kind. How's your family? How's your son? How's school, Charlie? How's teaching? But I, what have you been up to? It was the Christians who were the weirdos. Can I just say, as the dad of the house, let's stop being weird. Please stop being weird. Stop being weird. 
please stop being weird. Just stop it. Jesus, yeah, but Jesus was weird. Jesus was love. Yeah, and that was weird. But it was the best weird ever. He embraced people. He hung out with the lepers. He hung out with the adulterous woman. He said, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to rally against you. People want to chuck stones at you, but I'm going to reach down and pull you up out of the dirt. And as you can hear in my heart, hear the heart of God in this. We are not, we are not a Christian country club where we sit in the same seats, talk to the same people, have the same cups of teas. We are a church who embraces both the broken and the regular and understands that we are on this life for such a short period of time. Let your expression be beautiful. Let your light shine brightly. Let your sweetness come out. Let's be a church of extreme encouragement. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? When was the last time you encouraged somebody who was cleaning the toilets before the service? Or when was the last time we embraced somebody? And said, let me give you a hug. I don't care about COVID. I'm going to hug you anyway. My wife says she has healing hugs. I think she does. Beware if she comes after you to hug you. She needs some healing probably. She's probably going to hug you and bring healing to you. I've been in this church my whole life. It's time for this church to rise up. It's time for us to be so great at love. It's time for us to learn how to have a conversation that isn't weird. Ask somebody how they're going. Are you okay, Dave? Take it out of that book. Ask someone how their footy team is. Ask someone how their garden is at home. Ask them if they have a kid. How is your kid going? How's the sleep going? I've been, if you're a bit, you know, all the mums know what it's like. And in the midst of normal conversation, be attentive to the leading of the Holy Spirit because there might just be a little moment where someone shares something and you feel like, oh, yes, now I can speak into that. Or I can listen to that person. Or I can love that person. You see, there's something so precious about sitting with people who are broken and just letting them talk it out. (laughs) I'm going through this. It's really tough. My heart's broken. Well, the Bible says, bang. The person doesn't need that right there. They need you to sit Cry with those who cry, laugh with those who laugh, rejoice with those who who rejoice. Be attentive to the Holy Spirit. Be a church who is so excited about a new person coming to church that you go, oh, I see that person in the courtyard. I'm going to... They're in my connect group. No, they're in mine. They're in mine. No, no, I don't care what you say. They're in mine. Oh, you're offended, connect. That's okay. They're in mine. You need to fight for them more than me if you want that person. We are a family. So I say all that, not to make us feel bad or make us feel guilty, but to say this, we are anointed and blessed in grace to be a family who is inclusive, who is loving, who is embracing. This church building should not be able to fit us into it. I'm not talking about our waistlines, I'm talking about the 
bottoms on seats. Because the harvest is ripe, the city is ripe, let's have more prayer time to pray for the harvest. No, no, the, the harvest is ready. Pray for workers. And Holy Spirit, help me as the pastor of this church to get this myself. Because I've been a church kid my whole life. And I've seen thousands of people come and go. Let us be pillars in the house of God. Let us be a different generation. Let us be a generation who knows how to love unconditionally, forgive well, be a safe place, worship the Lord with gladness, be thankful. Be thankful. Are you thankful this morning? I love what Bond said. You know, a year ago we were in online. And hey, online had some benefits. You could watch church in your underpants and no one really cared. You could come to church in your underpants, someone might care. <laughs> but online will never take the place of seeing someone eye to eye. And so it's so precious this morning that we can be here and I'm watching these amazing young people up here and they're, they're doing their poem and, they, and it's just like, that is the next generation. I love hearing Jen's testimony and I'm like, that is, my mind is continually blown by just the testimonies. I've chatted to Jen many times. I never knew that she left home at 12, that she went through, her, her parents were, I never knew, I just, oh my goodness, no wonder she has the character she has. <laughs> and if you're a young person here, this is a couple to go talk to. Talk to the master advice. They are pillars in the house. So as the dad of the house, my heart is this, that our walls wouldn't be able to contain what's happening in this church because the people of God know how to love well. Because let's be really honest, the society we're living in is looking for love. They're not looking for religion. There's plenty of churches, hey? There's plenty of churches with spare seats. They're not looking for church. They're looking for genuine people who have been transformed by something higher. Yeah? A people who have been forgiven themselves, therefore we know how to forgive well. A people who have been shown the kindness of their Heavenly Father, therefore we ooze kindness. Ooze, what a word. You ooze it. We're not harsh with our tongues, we're not quick to judge. We're slow to speak, we're quick to listen, and we're slow to become angry. We try our best as imperfect vessels to let the Holy Spirit lead us, that the person sitting next to you might find a deeper revelation of God. <laughs> this morning I was just listening to the worship, and I always love holding my son in worship. I just love him being in that atmosphere of God's presence, and, and he's always so intrigued by worship, and, and I'm just like, we're so blessed. And that's up here leading us in worship. We're so blessed. <laughs> May thanksgiving go before us. May it go before you. May you and I be the most thankful people in the world. I just read a book when I was on, on, on holidays called The Happiest Man in the World. Anyone read The Happiest Man in the World? Yeah, the, the title intrigued me. 
So I read the book, The Happiest Man in the World. And it was about a man who lived through Nazi Germany as a Jewish man. And he just basically told a story of intense suffering, but in, in that intense lessons that he had learned about kindness. I encourage you to get the book. If you haven't got it, read it. It's like number one at the moment or something. Everyone's reading it. And it made me go, there's one, one section that said, talks about how his mother and father were taken from him and he never saw his mum again. And then at the end of the chapter it says, I never took for granted again telling my mum how much I loved her. And it said, if you're reading this, go out and find your mum right now and tell her you love her. <laughs> so I was staying with my parents' house, with, with them at their house, and they were on the lounge watching TV, and I went out and I sat down and I said, Mum, I said, I just got to tell her, I love you. And she was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> now, listen, that's, growing up in our house, our parents show love different ways. Saying I love you was not, compared to the Italian side of the family, my wife's side, whereas I love you every day, it, it, it's very, it, was, it was, wasn't like that. And so in that moment, it was actually a very big moment. And I just learned reading this book about the fact that we need to make sure we're thankful in order to be happy. Because there are people going through tragic moments. And in our city right now, there are people going, and even in this room, tragic moments. But if we can create an atmosphere of thankfulness, even the person you'd like the least, try and find something to be thankful for about them. That might be me right now. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But if, try and find something to be thankful for. Why? Because thankfulness paves the way for revival. Do you know that? Talk about a seed of revival or the, the field of revival. Seeing God move, transform cities. The very soil of revival is thanksgiving. Do you know that? A church that's not very good at being thankful will never see a move of God. That's good preaching. You've got to hear that. A familiar church will never see a move of God. Even Jesus himself could do no miracles because people were familiar. And he was perfect. He was the perfect preacher, perfect teacher, perfect everything. And it said that he couldn't even do miracles in that moment, bar a couple, because the people were like, isn't that the carpenter's son? Jesus, we grew up with him. And so we have to be so guarded in Nara that we don't get too familiar with each other. Because that's what happens in Nara. And that's what happens in New South Wales. It happens in Australia. It happens in Australia because Aussies are like that sometimes. We're so friendly, we get familiar. Do you know what Mark Maharab carries? Do you see it in the spirit? Do you see the giant he is? Or is he just Mark, nice Mark? Do you see what Michelle Green carries? Have you seen the scars that she carries, the battles she has had to overcome? Or is she just sweet old Michelle that comes to church and is just always smiling? No, do you recognize the, the, the weight of the Spirit of God? Because when we do that, when we can recognize what people carry and we honor that and we're thankful for that, we actually start to enable that to flow from them. And the expression of that in someone's heart starts to flow and the river starts to flow because when I honor Mark, I turn the tap on. How cool is that? This is a very prophetic message. I hope it's okay with you. When you honor someone, 
You receive what's on their life. What does it say? It says, the Bible says, honor a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. So when I honor you, in the midst of your imperfection, in the midst of your past, in the midst of all the insecurity and everything, when I still honor who you are in God, I turn on the tap. And who knows a church full of taps turned on is a church that's going to make a difference. So let's be that church who knows how to see and has prophetic insight to see what's on someone's life and to be thankful for it, to honour it, and therefore to receive from it. And don't let the enemy come in and speed tackle you into the ground so much in life that you feel like you have nothing to give. Because that's his strategy. (laughs) You're not good enough. You can't do it. Your past makes you suck. You can't. You're, you're, and, and all of a sudden, you sit there bound by fear, thinking, I can't move. It's time to turn the tap on. It's time to turn the tap back on. It's time to let the rivers of living water flow from you. In Jesus' name. Hey, there's my pastoral encouragement for you. Is that okay? All right. So <laughs> today, I want to speak about mums for a second. Today's message is Happy Mother's Day. Very original, very creative. Happy Mother's Day. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs 31, verse 25. I'm speaking to the mums who are mums here, the mums who have gone, who are no longer with us, and also to the future mums. It says this in Proverbs 31, verse 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. Why don't you, if, oh, I was going to say, why don't you just feel the arm of the person next to you? Do they have any strength? But it might be a bit awkward. Maybe, uh, maybe ask if it's okay first. <laughs> Do the person next to you have any strength? Yeah. Any weaklings next to you? Could you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed and her husband also as he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. What a great passage. What a great, uh, a great description of a woman of strength and character. Something to definitely strive for, something to go for in life. I just want to speak this morning about three different mums in the Bible and three different things we can learn from them. If you've got your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Verse 11. 1 Samuel 1, verse 11. These are three mums in the Bible that really inspired me um, as I was just reading through different mums. And I'm thinking, Mother's Day, I just want to really highlight just the, the blessing of mums. Because, you know, I never really understood. Well, my, let me change this. Growing up, I, had an, I have an amazing mum. If you, a lot of you guys have met my mum, you know my mum. She is amazing. She is one of those mums that's just like, 
I've rarely seen her do wrong in my life. I, I'm very, very, very blessed. And, and, and to this day, it's, she's just such an amazing mom and an amazing grandma to my son. And, and, but when my wife had her own baby, my perception changed. When I walked into that birthing suite, I walked out a different man. The way that I view mums or, um, and, and women who have had babies, the respect level went through the roof. Every mum became a hero to me. And if that's you today, you're a hero. I just think what you go through to give birth, pre-birthing classes do not adequately prepare husbands for what is to come. <laughs> And Charlie was amazing. She had a natural birth, in case you're wondering. She won't mind me saying that. She had a tub birth. Ew. Wasn't intentional. Just happened. And my job the whole time was to spray hot water on her back. And I want to say that I was the champion <laughs> hot water sprayer for those six hours. My other job was when she would have contractions, she would squeeze my hands and I would, I would get through it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our story was actually quite uncomplicated. Some of your stories were a lot more complicated. So I just want to say all the mums, well done. And the strange thing with motherhood, though, and fatherhood, but especially for the mums, you have all these days of potential days of about to give birth and contra contractions, contraptions, I was going to say. <laughs> you finally give birth, and you think you're going to give you a week to rest to go home before you take the baby home, but no, no. Before you could even recover, you're in the car driving home on zero sleep, low energy, with this new bundle of joy which you have no idea really what to do. And the journey of motherhood and fatherhood begins. And I remember that first month just watching Charlie nurse my son and being in awe. Fast forward 13 months and we're only early on our journey. But to see how there is a connection between a mother and their child and how that grows has been really special. And so all the mums here, I want to say thank you. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Even on the rough days when no one sees not just the kids' tears but your tears. Keep, keep going. Keep your head up. Keep sacrificing because you are heroes in that moment. Even if no one else tells you you are, you are. So Hannah was this, this lady in the Bible in 1 Samuel 1.11. We just read it, and it says this. It says, And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, do not forget your servant, but give, your, uh, give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. 
We have this story here, and Hannah is the mother of Samuel, the prophet, a great prophet in the scripture. Samuel went on to anoint David. But basically, she can't have a child to the point where she is so, excuse me, grief-stricken that she is full of this misery, full of heartache, full of brokenness because she feels like there's something that she's meant to have that she hasn't had yet. Little did she know that greatness was about to come from her. She was picked on because of her barrenness. Her peers didn't understand her, didn't understand her situation, didn't understand her heart, but she longed to have a child. And this is what I love about Hannah. I love that Hannah was a woman of integrity. And it says that she, she says in the scripture, she says, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And God answers her prayer. And eventually she has this miracle child. You imagine waiting for years and years and eventually the miracle happens. That joy of having a child happens. And then you think, I remember I said to God, if I have that, I'm going to have to give him back. And what happened was Hannah, in obedience and in integrity, gave back Samuel to God. She gave Samuel to the temple. It wasn't just a metaphorical, I give him to you, like we do dedication services and we encourage parents to, to make commitments to raise their children in the ways of God. It wasn't that type of dedication. It was a literal, I'm giving my kid away so that he may be used for the things of God. Now, all the parents here, you know, you know you just, I can just imagine that. I can't even imagine that, actually. To give my son away, that would just be really crazy. But she was a woman of integrity. And get, read this, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, this is her response to this. It says in 2 Samuel 2, 1, My heart rejoices in the Lord, in the Lord my horn is lifted high, my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Instead of being a bitter woman, had to give back her promised child, she became someone full of God's joy and delight. She was a woman of integrity. She was a mother of integrity. If you're writing notes, Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are the children after him. The righteous who walked in integrity, blessed are the children after him. I've been really blessed in my life again with my parents because my dad is one of the most integrous people I know. I recently uh, been searching for a motorbike and, and I told you last week I brought a motorbike. It's not here yet, but I bought a motorbike finally. And again, I went down to spend some time with them. And one thing about my dad that I really love and respect is he's the type of person that anything of his, he looks after really, really well. So if he's ever going to give something away, you want it because it's looked after so well and it's really good quality. Anyone know anyone like that? Anyone like that? He's not, he's not the Kmart shopper. I'm sorry, no offense to the Kmart shoppers. He will save up, spend the money, and get what he needs to get 
and then it will last for years and years and years. And so he got this motorbike like 10 years ago and we're catching up and literally one of the first things he says is, I sold my motorbike. Much to my horror, I said, what? I would have bought your motorbike. My little heart broke in that moment. My mum turned to him and said, I told you you should have chatted to Benai before you sold it. <laughs> Literally. And I was just like, yes, you should have listened to mums. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Anyway, this guy bought my dad's bike. And, my, and, and to make it a bit even, even harder, my dad said, I'll come down, I'll show you the bike after it's sold. Because the guy hadn't picked it up yet. And he took the cover off and I was like, brand new. Like 2,000 Ks on it, hardly anything. He just got a service, just beautiful, not one scratch. And I was like, Dad, I would have bought this bike off you. And I said, can I have your surfboard? He said, yes. I said, well, no worries, deal, high five. (laughs) True story. (laughs) But one thing I love about him is that he's a man of integrity. And, and, And he said to me, and this is why I tell that story, he said, oh, the guy's paid the, paid the deposit. I said, give it back to him. <laughs> he hasn't signed the papers. He said, no, no, I've told him over the phone that I would sell it to him. If he gave me the deposit, it's his. No, I'm your son. <laughs> give him back the deposit. I, I trump him, whoever this random person is. No, no, no. Okay. But internally, I was like, that's integrity. Integrity is, I gave him my word, I'm going to do it. Even though he could tell that it affected his own son, I'm still going to do it, because he had integrity. So the first thought is this, I just want to encourage us all to be people of integrity. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Integrity, the definition of integrity for me is really easy. It's who you are when no one's looking. (laughs) It's what you do when no one's looking. And we all have moments in our life, I think, where we go, man, I I should have been more integrous. But it's definitely something for us to strive for, to be people of integrity. Hannah was a mother of integrity. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 1, if you want to turn there with me, Luke chapter 1, verse 13. And when you got it, why don't you tell me you got it? That would be really great. Luke 1, 13. Awesome. The, the second person, and I'm going to round it out in a moment, but the second person I want to really just highlight that we can learn from is the mother of John the Baptist. And her name was Elizabeth. And she was a mother who believed in miracles. And it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John, and he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he is great in the sight of the Lord. That's so amazing. Zechariah and Elizabeth wanted a baby. A miracle occurred. John the Baptist happened. And I love here that the miracle of John the Baptist happened. You've got to understand that Elizabeth was actually older. She couldn't actually have kids by this stage. 
And it's funny in life how often we feel like our use-by date has been. Oh, back in the day, I used to be more zealous, or I used to believe for things, but I'm a bit... I've seen more now, I've experienced more, I'm more realistic. Even in, even in Elizabeth's old age, she still believed in miracles. In Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verse 25, it says this, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace from among the people. You've got to realise that Elizabeth in that culture was living under disgrace because she couldn't have a child. So this wasn't a light thing. She was shamed. People thought that if you couldn't have children back then, that you must be cursed. Your family must have done something wrong. So to live a life where you couldn't have a child, where you couldn't produce, was to live a life of disgrace. And I love the fact that the father said, no, no, there's greatness in your womb. <laughs> he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, her husband, Zechariah, struggled with this. And he, and, and he spoke up, basically, and was like, no, this, this is just ridiculous. And God made him mute until the birth occurred. Hey, sometimes the husbands, we try our best, but sometimes we can say some things. <laughs> sometimes it's people in your life who are actually like the husband, who are speaking things to try and death the promise of God. Sometimes there's Zechariah's in your life, and sometimes you have to say, enough, mute. Let me ask you the question, when God speaks to your heart, who are the ones who speak faith into your spirit? Or who are the ones who speak doubt into your heart? Don't be the Zechariah, be the Elizabeth. In Matthew 5, verse 36, it talks about, Jesus talks about, don't fear, only believe. And I just pray you just hear the prophetic side of this this morning, that if you're living in disgrace, if you're living in shame, and you're carrying that because of unfulfilled promises, I want to encourage you that God is faithful. John the Baptist wasn't just any ordinary person. He prepared the way of the Lord. Maybe what God's placed in your spirit is so powerful that it's going to prepare the move of the Lord. Maybe you've got to get rid of your disgrace, get rid of your shame, get rid of the disappointment and understand, just like Elizabeth, you just need to believe in the miracles. The last person, last mum I want to speak about today is Mary, the mother who was faithful. And I'm not going to read you the whole scripture because we need to finish. But if you want to write it in your notes, look at it later. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 38 the angel of the Lord comes and speaks to Mary and talks about you being somebody that God's going to use to change the world, to change everything. Mary was unmarried, as you know. She hadn't been with her husband. She wasn't even married. 
and her husband was going to leave her because he felt disgraced because she got pregnant before they were married, even though he wasn't responsible. But it says that Mary was faithful to believe. Mary was faithful in carrying what God had given her. She says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary was an amazing woman, an amazing mum, who was simply faithful, even to the cross. She was looking on when everyone else had fled. What an amazing mum Mary was. She was a woman of faithfulness in the midst of uncertainty and confusion and not understanding and disgrace in her own life. She still was faithful to carry what God had called her to carry. A mother who was faithful. I encourage all the mums here, be faithful. I encourage all the future mums here, choose to be faithful, to keep standing when you feel like giving up. Because Mary did that. Imagine if Mary gave up. <laughs> Imagine if she just went, oh, it's too hard. Can't do it. She was carrying the Son of God. What an unusual journey she had, but what a powerful journey she had. Today, I just pray that whether it's Hannah and her integrity, whether it's Elizabeth and her belief, or whether it's Mother, Mother Mary, <laughs> Mary the mother who was faithful, that you would lay a hold of these characteristics. And as a spiritual mum, if you're here and you want to be really effective for generations, choose to be a spiritual parent. Choose to be somebody who finds somebody younger in the faith and shows them integrity, who believes in the miracles in their life and who is faithful. There is a Desperate need. Paul says it in the, in the Bible. It says, there are many teachers but not many fathers. Choose to be a father or a mother in the faith. How do you do it? Find someone younger in the faith and encourage them. You're doing it. That's it. Encourage them. Get coffee with them. Listen to them. Give them wisdom. Believe in them. When they trip over, pick them up. When they forget who they are, remind them. This is what spiritual parents do. And by doing so, we create a healthy church community that is so far beyond just ourselves. Why don't you just close your eyes where you are? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just spoke about our Heavenly Father and His goodness and His promises and His faithfulness. And if you're in this place and you know in your heart 
that you're not close to your heavenly Father. I just want to encourage you just to take a moment. This is the moment just to draw near to God, draw near to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never made a decision for Christ. Maybe you have, but you know you're not walking close with him. I want to encourage you that this is a moment to reconcile, a moment to draw near through Jesus, through his love, through his forgiveness. If that's you in this place, you know in your heart that you just want to get your heart right with God. You want to draw near to him. If you know he's not number one right now in your life, because that's where he should be. That's his rightful place as number one. But I just want to ask you, as everyone has their eyes closed, just to put your hand up where you are and say, I want to make him number one. Number one in this place. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. I want to make sure my heart is close with him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer of commitment together. Pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And this morning, I ask that you'll forgive me of my sin. And Lord Jesus, that you'll be number one. I believe in you, that you are my Lord and Saviour. And Holy Spirit, please help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Jen and Rob, can I get you guys to pop up for a second? We're going to finish the service just by praying over our church family. Are you guys okay to pray for our church family this morning? Just blessing for the week? Yeah, come up here. Come up so everyone can see you. You guys are an amazing couple, huge blessing to our church. But why don't you just, uh, if you're here with your spouse or partner, just take them by the hand. Or if you're here with a friend, put your hand on their shoulder if you want. We're going to pray blessing over you for the week to come. And this incredible couple are going to do that for us in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this family, Lord, that you have blessed us to be in for this period of time. Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you, Father, that you have an incredible purpose for each person, for each couple, for each child, for each family. Father, you have an incredible purpose. Father, I pray that as this, this family goes out and disperses for the week to come, that they, Lord, would have that sense of purpose highly attuned in their heart. And that they would know, Father, that they are not just in church for Sunday, but they are in church to empower them for Monday to Saturday. And that they would go out and that they would live their lives, every one of them, in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing, Father, that you are with them and guiding them and empowering them for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Beautiful. Awesome. Hey, everyone, have a great Mother's Day. Enjoy the day. Be blessed in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.